Do you know, I've been really, the past few weeks, you know, he is the name that's above every name. But there has been something also that I've been very, very stirred in my spirit about, and that is God's word, because his word is above his name. And the honor of his word, such an awesome thing, the honor of his word. And I don't want it to be a ritual. I'm not trying to make anything happen. I've done it a couple of Wednesdays. I just feel at the minute to be pressed in this area. Could I ask you to stand for the reading of God's word, to honor his word this morning? Psalm chapter 3, and remain standing. There's just a few uh, psalms that we'll work through this morning. Um, at the end, the last verse that I want to turn to in Proverbs, I'll ask you to read it together with me, but I'll read here from Psalm chapter 3. A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. If you would turn over, remain standing, Psalm chapter 33 and verse 20. After that, we'll go to Psalm 84. We're working through some Psalms this morning, but Psalm 33 and verse 20. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm chapter 84, we're going to read from verse 8 through to verse 12. Psalm 84, verse 8 through to verse 12. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed, for a day in the courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Psalm 115 Please, and then one more from Psalm 119, 115, verses 9. Psalm 115 and verse 9. Psalm 115 and verse 9. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Psalm 119 and 114, verse 114 in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and verse 114. 
Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. In the last reading this morning, I want us all to read it together. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5. If you're all there, we'll just read this one verse together audibly. If we could, Proverbs 30 and verse 5. I believe everybody's there. Proverbs 30 verse 5. Let us read it together. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Father, this morning... We pray as we have read your word and proclaimed your precious truth this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would honor your word, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts that are receptive, that, Lord, through the preaching of your word this morning, your anointing would come, that you would break every work of the enemy and every chain, every fear would be broken. Lord, that the revelation of your word and who you are to us we come afresh to our hearts. Lord, glorify your name through the preaching of your word in every assembly across this island this morning where your truth is proclaimed and Jesus is lifted up. May you anoint it and Lord, may you touch your people afresh. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name and everyone said it. Amen. You may take your seats this morning. You may have heard, and this is as far as I'll go about it, you may have heard an awful lot about shielding over the past few months. But I'm talking about another shield this morning. The Bible says that the Lord is our shield. I'm talking about something so much greater, so much more awesome, so much more powerful. And I want to let you know this morning that there's a letter from the throne to every believer in this house this morning about shielding. And it's this, the Lord is my shield. Praise the Lord this morning. You might have got one of those letters and, and thank God for the medical profession and all that they do. But I want to talk about a higher authority and a word that comes from the very throne of Almighty God this morning. That the Lord is my shield. You know what I want to ask us this morning is, should God's word only ever be trusted when things are going well? It has been alarming in some contexts. It has been alarming in some conversations that when the trouble or the trial or the tribulation or the pestilence or the pandemic and everything that's happened that the word of God, even amongst many of God's people, seems to have become irrelevant. And I want to tell you, more than ever in the times of trouble, in the times of trial, in the times of darkness, in the times in the valley, in the times in the fire, more than ever before, we must turn to God's precious truth. Because here we find, we truly find the answer. Every word of God, the Proverbs 30 and 5 says, is pure. And then it says, he is a shield. God is your shield unto them. And here's a very key part of the verse. That put their trust in him. Because my trust 
Are you trusting in Jesus this morning? Have you put your trust in the Lord this morning? Are you trusting in the everlasting arms that are round about you and underneath you this morning? Are you believing that His Word is true? Are you believing this morning that He's going to bring you through every trial and every trouble? Are you believing this morning the promises of God that He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you, that He will be with us even on to the very end? And thank God this morning his promises are true we are he is a shield to them that put their trust in him the bible says listen every believer in this room this morning that the lord is our shield and what does that mean well it's first mentioned if you go back this morning with me to genesis chapter 15 you'll find a couple of first things that happen here in the bible genesis chapter 15 records the first time that the word of the Lord came on to a man. That phrase, the word of the Lord came. Now we understand what happened here is that by the Spirit of God, God the Spirit brought the revelation of God's word upon the imagination or the conscience of Abram. This is the first time that the word of the Lord came onto Abram. And we pray this morning that God by His Spirit would bring the Word of the Lord into our hearts. You know, we want, we want the Word in season. We want a Word from the throne. We want to hear God speak into our hearts this morning. And here we find this in the first instance in Scripture that the Word of the Lord comes. Genesis 15 and verse 1. After these things, the Word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I Look what the Lord says to him. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now there's two things and two revelations here. Number one, Abram, I am going to be your defender. And number two, Abram, I'm going to be your resource. I'm your reward. Everything of what you need for your journey of faith Number one, I will be your defender. I will be your protector. But everything that you need in your journey of faith, I will be your resource. Thank God this morning, he is the source of everything that we need for our journey. Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Now listen carefully this morning. Here is a revelation that the Lord brings by the Spirit of God into Abram's heart, and he brings this revelation that the Lord will be his shield and the Lord will be his reward. Now you might say, well, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful revelation. But if you turn over so that we can bring it personally into our hearts this morning, if you turn over into the book of Galatians and chapter 3, I want to show you that the promise that was given to Abraham is the promise that is for us here this morning as God's people. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16, Paul the Apostle writing Galatians 3 and verse 16 says, Now to Abraham 
and his seed were the promises made. You remember here, here's a promise that God gave to Abraham. Abraham, I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. Here in Galatians 3 and 16, the Bible says, Now the Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed, which is Christ. Now this is important just to see this this morning. This is a wonderful revelation. May God bring it to our hearts afresh this morning. Many of us know it. But here we see these promises given to Abraham. And now the revelation comes to his heart. Now there's a revelation in the new covenant. If you go down to verse 26, the 29 here in Galatians chapter 3, the promises were made not only to Abraham but to his seed. And Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. And if ye be Christ. What does it say? Read it with me this morning. Then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, church, this morning, listen carefully. This is wonderful. The promise, the word of the Lord came to Abram. The impression and the revelation of the Spirit of God came into that conscience in a vision. God revealed to him this wonderful truth. Abram, I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. Through Christ this morning and faith in him alone, the promise that God made is the promise that's for us in this room this morning. Saints, we have a God this morning that we can truly say that he is my shield. God is our shield this morning. Now I hear it all constantly every day and all the news that's going on about what, what's going to happen and all the things. That's fine. But friends, this morning as the church of Jesus Christ, we have a word and a letter straight from the throne. Now we have a God this morning and he's my shield and he's my great reward. I'm going to stand on the promises of Christ my King. Jesus Christ is my shield this morning and he's my resource. Now the Hebrew word, just to let you know this morning for the word shield is pronounced as magian. And this is what it means. A shield, a protector, a defense, a shield, a protector, figuratively speaking. And it's coming from a primitive word, a root word that simply means that there's a hedging about or a protection. Thank God this morning we've got a hedge around us. Are you thankful for the hedge that's around your life? God has put a hedge around. I believe it's the blood this morning that's covering me. I thank God when those children put that blood upon the doorposts and the lintel of every house, they were shielded in by that blood of that lamb. And I thank God this morning, saints, we're shielded, we're hedged about this morning by the everlasting arms of God that are ever round about us and they're ever underneath us. And the blood of Jesus shall never lose its power this morning. 
We are hedged about by this great God this morning. God has shut us in with himself. Now, would you turn to Psalm chapter 91, a very well-known psalm. Many have been quoting it, reading it, and believing it, and holding on to it. And I encourage you to do that with God's word. Psalm 91 and verse 1. Psalm 91 and verse 1. The Lord is my shield. Through Christ we can claim this promise. Psalm 91 and verse 1. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, what is he? He's my refuge and he's my fortress. My God and him will I trust. Surely, this is what it says in verse 3. Surely, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome, now some translations say deadly, other translations say perilous, the perilous pestilence. He, what does it say here? He is the deliverer from the pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth. Now the Bible tells us that the truth makes us, I think Jonathan was praying it this morning, but the truth makes us, what does it do? It makes us free. Look what it says here. His truth, the word of the Lord, shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at new day. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Would the church say amen this morning? We can claim the promises that were given to Abram through the covenant that has been made in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith alone, we can claim these wonderful promises this morning that we will not be afraid of the terror by night. There is a God that has hedged us. There's a God that protects us. There's a God that is our shield. God has hedged us in. And the Bible tells us that clearly. If you turn over into Job chapter 1 this morning, Job chapter 1, we see here, and I want to go through some things. I want us to be very open and very honest about these things because believe in all these wonderful promises, believing in the truth of God, knowing that there's a hedge around us. That does not mean that our lives are without trials. Isn't that true? Or without battles. Isn't that true this morning? It does not mean that things don't happen in our homes and in our lives. It does not mean that we go through difficulties. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. That means things happen in all of our lives. But here you see in Scripture, Job chapter 1 and verse 9, that Satan came to the Lord and said, the Satan said in answer to the Lord, does Job fear God for not? Job 1 and verse 9. Hast thou, hast not thou made a hedge about him? There it is. There's the truth of the word of God. God has put a hedge around the life of his people. God has put a hedge around us to protect us, to keep us. And look at it. There's a hedge around about him. And God has put a hedge around his house. Praise the Lord. There's a hedge around your house this morning. Isn't that wonderful? God has put a hedge around our lives. He's put a hedge around our homes. And about all that he has on every side, God 
has a hedge around his people. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. And his substance is increased in the land. God has hedged him in. You all know the story of Job. Because the devil believed that the only reason why Job was, was trusting in the Lord is because of the things that he had. The only reason why he's, he's following the Lord because the Lord the Lord's blessed him materially. The Lord's give him a good job. The Lord's give him money in his bank. The Lord's give him a nice house and a nice car. That guy doesn't have any troubles. That, that guy just lives that life. God's hedged him in. And that's the only reason. This is the devil's sin. That's the only reason why he's a follower of Jesus. But listen, I tell you what to do. Lord, you take, you take that away from him. And we'll see if that man's still following you. What happened? You see, any time that the hedge is parted, any time that the hedge is opened and troubles come, there's, there's a few things I want to say to you this morning, friends. That's going to be tested in that. It never opens without God permitting it. I want you to know that this morning. If you're in the depths of a valley and the trial of your life this morning, you're wondering what way to turn or who to turn to. Let me tell you something. God knows exactly where you are. The God that brought you into that valley, I want to tell you something. He's a God that's going to bring you out of it. If you're standing and the heat's on and the battle's raging and the fire's been turned up and all the opposition's coming and there's trouble in your mind, I want to tell you, listen very carefully this morning. God knows all about it because God is the God that's permitted you to stand in that fire. But God wants to do something in the fire. Listen, he wants to do something. So the hedge is only ever opened with the, with the will of God permitting it. The trial only ever comes. God knows about the trial. God knows about the trouble. God knows what's happening in your home. Nobody else in this fellowship may know what's happening in your home and your family this morning. But I want to tell you something. If all hell's breaking loose and everything seems to be going belly up, let me tell you something. God knows all about the storm. Knows all about it this morning. Nothing happens in your life. The Bible tells me that the very hairs on our head are numbered. God knows everything about us, knows every minute detail of our lives, every thought, everything. And there's nothing happening in your life this morning that this God does not know about. What a heavenly Father we have. The Christian life, of course, is not without the troubles, the trials, or the battles. Every believer knows that. But there are reasons for the battle. There are reasons for the trials. There are reasons. There's a purpose in the trial. You may not feel like that this morning. But I want to tell you something. There's a purpose for your trial. There's a reason why you're there. There's a work being done even in the midst of it. Now here's the three things that I want to leave you this morning. Why these things are happening. But in all things God's permitted it to happen. Number one is the trial of your faith. To find out what sort of faith it is. God is actually testing your faith. The trial of your faith is more precious than silver and gold that perisheth. God is actually testing your faith. It's a precious thing. But you're going to come forth. God has put you in that place. What happens when your faith is tested? What you find out in that time is that God's sustaining and amazing grace is going to be sufficient for you in the trial. 
So God has permitted, he has chosen you. He has caused you to enter into a time of testing in your faith. And God's saying, this is my child. They don't follow me for the things that I give them. They follow me for who I am. They love me because I've saved them. I've kept them. And it doesn't matter why their bank account's full or their bank account's empty. It doesn't matter why they have health or they don't have health. They're going to trust me because I've saved them by my grace. And they love me for who I am. And so that's one reason why we're in the trial. Another one is to reveal the condition of where we are. I want you to listen carefully. Really, what can so easily happen is, like the church at Ephesus, so many can leave their first love. They're not living the way God wants them to live. They were once on fire for God. There's once tears coming down their cheeks when we were singing the great songs of Zion. They once were hungry for the word of God. They once burst through the doors for a prayer meeting. They were once ready for the outreach and evangelism. They were once on fire, as we would say, for God. But today, they've gone off the boil. And what has actually happened is they've left their first love. Now, what happens is this. Whom the Lord loves, what does he do? He chastises. You'll have a Jonah experience. What God is instructing you to do, what God is telling you to do, you don't want to do it. You don't want to live for God. You want to live the way you want to live. And so what happens is like Jonah, Jonah went the opposite way. He's in the boat. He's in the storm. He's thrown over the boat. Then he's in the bottom of the ocean. Then he's in the fish, the fish's belly. And he says it's like being in hell because he was running, not from himself, but he was running from God. And God permitted all of that to happen. Why? Because God wanted him back in the place where God wanted him to be. And so there's chastisement. Got to know this, saints, this morning. And if it's not of those two things, then it is a direct assault of the devil against you and against your home and against your family. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that he will raise up a standard against him. And so it's discerning what is happening. It is discerning why it's taking place. None of these changes the truth that the Lord is my shield. It doesn't alter the word of God. Abram, I'll be your shield. And I, will, I am your reward. I am your protector. I'm your source. But the life of faith causes us to trust the shield, to trust the, 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 that the Lord is our shield. And I want to show you this from Scripture. And 1 Samuel, if you turn over to it, chapter 17. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. we got to put our trust in God's Word in these days and trust that He is our shield. But in 1 Samuel 17, it's a the, it's the very well-known story of David and the giant. And everybody knows the story so well. We've been taught it from we were kids. But you know, church, we can have the shield, but we have to trust the shield. We have to put our trust in the armor of what God has given us. We must trust him in these days. Here in 1 Samuel 17, we see David has come to, to that moment in time, as it were, where God has brought him to that place. The, the giant is threatening and and the Philistines have the upper hand and Israel's 
in a place of despair. And Saul is looking, we're looking for someone to fight our battle. 1 Samuel 17, we find David the shepherd boy, verse 38, says these words, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he has said to go, and listen to these words, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. I want you to listen very carefully to me, to me this morning. That word proved is important. You see, saints, in the day that we're living in, it's alarming. It's concerning. It really is a concern that so many have discarded the word of God in the days in which we're living. Here, we find that David is right in the midst of the battle. The giant is coming down the hill. Israel is in a place of fear and backsliddenness, really. And all the Philistines have the upper hand through their champion, that's Goliath. Saul's idea, of course, we have looked at this before, Saul's armor had not been proven. David was encouraged that he should put on the arm of flesh but that arm of flesh was always going to fail him. Could I tell you, church, very simply this morning, just to remind us, I know we know it, but there's some things that have been proved through all the ages that stand through every generation and every culture and every time and every, every turmoil that this world has ever experienced. There are some things that have been tried and tested by the church of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you something. They've never failed. There are things in this life that we must know in the days in which we're living that have been tried by all the saints of old this morning. That's that great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. And they are all in heaven and in glory. And they have tried these old ancient landmarks and those old paths. And they have found this way to be the way of life. And it's the way of victory. And as the church today seems to be caught in a place of not too sure what they should do. I want to tell you, there are some things that have been proven. That have been tried. That have been tested. And we know this morning that they've always, 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 always stood by that church as it stood in the darkest of moments of time and that is friends number one the word of God God's word never fails we have a God this morning the Bible says that he is faithful I want to tell you what never fails the blood of Jesus Christ has never failed me yet friends this morning there's healing in that blood there's deliverance in that blood there's cleansing in that blood there's victory in that blood this morning thanks be to God Thank God this morning that all through the ages, the great cloud of witnesses are saying, brothers and sisters, there's a way you can walk in this. You can have the victory in Jesus this morning. Listen, all the world might be turning to Saul's armor, but this morning there's something being tried and tested, and that's a shield of faith that we can stand in these days against all the wives of the enemy. There is a victory in Jesus.
There's a name as we started this morning that is above every name and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Have you tried and tested what God has given you and have you found it to be true and have you found it to be real? Then why would we turn in these days? Why would we turn into the things and the mechanics and all the religious apparatus of this world, friends, when it's been failing for years and it will fail, the arm of flesh, what will it do? It will fail us, but God this morning will be our strength. It's been proved. David had a protector. He had an armor that the armies of Israel and the armies of the Philistines could not see, but he had a faith in God that the Lord was his shield. He was going to protect David in this hour, but there was a faith required. If you turn to Psalm 27, I want us to read it this morning. At Psalm 27, we get a glimpse into the heart of David. Psalm 27 and verse 1, and we get a glimpse of the heart of the man that was after God. Psalm 27 verse 1, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light. And he's my salvation. What does he say? Whom shall I fear? Friends, here is a heart that is proven and tested that God brings the victory. He's overcome the lamb. He's overcome the bear. Now in his heart when he comes up against the giant, he's saying, the Lord's the light of my salvation. Who am I going to fear this morning? Who am I going to fear? A land that's gripped with fear. As they pour out their fear every day into the lives and the hearts of people all around his friends this morning. We have a God who's our shield this morning. He says these words, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my, would you say this with me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Friends, are you confident this morning? I'm not talking about an arrogance. I'm talking about a confidence in God. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he, what will he do? Hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, what will I do? What are we going to do? I will offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of What does it say? Would you say this word? Joy. In his tabernacle, in his house, I will offer the sacrifices of joy. Then what does it say? Three words. I will. What does it say there, by the way? You know, you're not allowed to sing. But I will sing. Listen, because God's word tells me I'm going to. It may not sound great to you, but I'm still going to sing. I will sing, I will offer a sacrifice of praise, I will bring in to God's house the sacrifices of joy. You know, Karen was with us last week, I'm not going to do it this week. She says, the place shook 
I thought, wow, is she going to speak about the Holy Ghost? She says, the place shook when you jumped. I said, I appreciate that. I'm not going to jump again this morning. But listen, friends, we want the place to shake with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he inhabits what? The praises of his people. Friends, this morning, this world's trying to muzzle us. This world's trying to muzzle the church, muzzle the believer, muzzle the gospel, muzzle God's people and singing the praises unto God. Listen, friends, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. I will sing. There is a song in my heart as what Jesus has given me. The world didn't give me it and the world can't take it from me. But he's given me a song this morning. You know, the dead don't praise the Lord, but the living do. And friends, we want to praise him this morning. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Now I want to show you something what's happening in these days about shields. Number one, there's a few of them about. And you need to watch this. You know, the enemy has a shield. The enemy has a shield. And it's a great big shield. And it looks real. When you see it, it's there for the purpose of putting fear into everybody else. If you're back in 1 Samuel chapter 17... I'm going to show you that the enemy has a shield as well. And you need to watch this one. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're talking about the giant. And it says these words, And the Philistine, 1 Samuel 17, 41, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And then look at this, And the man that bare the shield went before him. I believe, it's just my belief, it might sound a bit strange, I believe this wee man that went before him, he's probably from Ulster, and you've all seen him before. He's from here. He was the one out of all the Philistine army. Here's this great giant, this great champion of the Philistines, but he was the one that was asked to carry the shield for the giant. <laughs> and you can see him. You know, we, Trevor, we call him Sammy, wouldn't you, Trevor? I know. And he picked up that shield and said, you're the man. You're going to carry this shield for me. And you can see him as all the other Philistines are watching. He says, they've asked me. And he picks up that great shield and he's the one. And they can just see him go past everyone. He's so delighted with himself because he's carrying the giant shield. <coughs> what I tell you something, there's a lot of people that are carrying the shield for the enemy this morning. There's a lot of people that are being maneuvered in this hour when the spirit of Antichrist is rising and they've got a great big shield and they're talking about a great big fear and the spirit of darkness and many of them are just simply puppets, friends. They're not the enemy themselves, but they've got shields and they're coming out and it looks awesome, it looks fearful and they're pumping out fear and they're pumping out all their ideas and all their agendas and everything that's going to happen. Let me tell you, here's this wee man carrying this big shield. What do we say here? He's a big fella, but a wee jacket fits him. And here he is in all his power and all his pump and he's got the big giant behind him. You've been there, haven't you? You've seen it all before. And there he comes and all his pump and all his pride. In verse 45 it says, Then said David to the Philistine, You're coming with me with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But listen, let me tell you, listen to this. But I'm coming to you today 
in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, that you have defied. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I do believe this. Got a wonderful letter through the door from an old saint of God that's still, he's in his 80s. He's out there preaching the gospel all across Eastern Europe. God has used his life mightily, David Hathaway. But you hear from that man, he's just come back. In his letter, he's come back from the mountains of Austria. He was up seeking the Lord for days and fasting. And he's saying, it's time that the church of Jesus Christ stand up. It's time, brothers and sisters, friends, instead of living in fear and all the shields of the enemy have been presented to us and all the wee men are carrying the big shields and saying, we're coming and we have an agenda. But I want to tell you, friends, they may come with all that apparatus, but we've got one thing this morning. We come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, Jesus Christ. The enemy has a shield, but so does religion. Religion, and it's an awful thing. And I'm going to tell you, friends, this country's full of it. It's full of it. If you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 9, you'll read of religious shields. Second Chronicles 12 and verse 9. What had happened at this time because of Israel's rebellion, that the king of Egypt which is a type basically of the enemy, Satan himself, had come up against Israel. In verse 9 it says, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, took away the treasures of the house of the Lord, the treasures of the king's house. He took it all. You know the Bible says the thief comes but for to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy. He'll just, he'll, just, he'll just empty the house of its treasures, of its trophies. You know, the enemy comes like a thief, he wants to take and destroy our homes, our families. He wants to come in. He has no mercy with the devil. He's a real devil. He's a defeated foe, but he's real. You know, as I said to a man just the other day, standing before him, and he's trying to work out what's happening, what's taking place. And on the counter, the counter was maybe about this length, and there was a line in the middle of the counter. And I said to him, you know, listen, friend, here's the beginning of time. The Bible says that the devil knows his time is short and we're about here and that's the line and Christ is about to come but because that little season that enemy is pouring out everything he possibly can he wants to take the treasures of the house and here we see that he comes and he carried away all look what it says he took all he carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made, verse 10 says, instead of which King Rehoboam, what did he do? He made shields of brass. It was an imitation. It was an imitation. Friends, I want to tell you, there's an awful lot of imitation today. There's an awful lot of religion. It's just religion. That's all it is. There's no life. It's death. They're not interested in the souls of men. They're interested in the respectability of a society. They'll just fall into line with everything of what the agenda of this world is. But I want to tell you, friends, this morning, this is a religious system. Shields of brass. What It looks like the real thing. They have shields. It actually nearly looks like gold. But it's not gold. There is a whole system of religion. I want to tell you, friends, the people, the people that hated Jesus most were religious people. The people that hated that life the most were religious men. 
I want to tell you, friends, this morning, there's another shield, and it's one we've been talking about this morning, and that's the Lord. And he is our shield. The effectiveness of the shield will be finished in a few moments, but the effectiveness of the shield is whether or not the church would put their trust in it. Listen carefully. Would we trust the armor that he's given us? If the Bible says, and it does, if you turn to Ephesians, the sixth chapter as we're closing, powerful chapter, the soldier must trust the armor and we must put it on. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, Paul writes these words, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And verse 16, what does it say? What's the first two words we just said out loud? Above all. Do you know what that means in the Greek? It means above all. It means the same thing above everything else. What does it say? Take, take, above all, taking the shield off. If we have an armor, and it's God's heavenly armor, and I believe it's just all Christ. That's what I believe it is, putting on Christ. He's our shield this morning. But if we have an armor given to the church, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but what are they? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Is there many strongholds? Strongholds in the mind, strongholds in politics, strongholds in the system of government, strongholds in the nation. And God said, I have a heavenly armor that I'm going to give you. And this armor, this armor that I give you is well proven. This armor is well proven. And above everything else, this is what God says. I want you to take the shield of faith whereby ye shall, wherewith ye shall be able to quench, what does it say? All the fiery darts of the wicked. And I want to tell you, friends, it has been an explosion of fiery darts all across our land. And every type of avenue, it's completely controlled. This is not conspiracy or anything like that. But the whole media, the system, the government, the whole thing are, are pouring out fear into our society. Pouring it out. Pouring it out. Every day and every avenue and every means, they're pouring out. The Bible says you've got a shield of faith, but you've got to use it. There's not much point having a picture on a wall of what all the shield, all the bits and pieces of the armor is. We need to boot the thing on. We need to, above everything, boot the shield of faith, whereby we can quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation. Take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Friends, we have a heavenly armor and that heavenly armor is well proven and tested. But friends, we must put the thing on. The Lord is our shield. I'm shielding. I'm shielding this morning. Praise the Lord, I'm shielding. Anybody ask me, I am shielding. Whatever they think, I'm covered this morning. 
The Lord is my shield this morning. Listen, friends, whatever happened, I don't want one person in this room to take ill with any disease. I plead the blood of Jesus over every family. I plead the blood of Jesus over every marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over every child in this house. I don't want one person to get COVID or flu or cancer or anything. Friends, this morning I believe in God, that God would keep us covered, that God would sustain us, that God would keep us looking on the Him, that would march, that would believe God, that would keep a song in our heart. Friends, we don't want to be foolish, we don't want to be unwise and all these things. As we looked at it on Wednesday night and everything, we'll do what we need to do to honor all those things. But friends, this morning, we have a song in our hearts. We have a shield this morning. The Lord's my shield. I am not a victim. I'm not defeated this morning. Thanks be to God, he's given me the victory. And above everything else, he says, get that shield of faith up. Above it all, whereby you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. We can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. I know the devil's been playing with minds because that's what he does. That's where the fiery darts go. Where do they go? Straight into that mind. And then he begins to play with us because the important thing is the shield of faith quenches the dart. But if we're not wearing it or trusting it, then the dart enters and then it lodges. Do you know what happens after it lodges? It begins to cultivate a thinking pattern, a mindset. A mindset. And that's a stronghold. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What are they? They're mighty. Through God did the pulling down off every stronghold. Would you say with me this morning, the Lord is our shield. The Lord is our shield. He's my shield this morning. We're covered. We're hedged in. Praise the Lord for the blood. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.